0: اللهم الهمنا مرشدا وهدنا واحمنا من شرور انفسنا اللهم الهمنا مرشدا وهدنا واحمنا من شرور انفسنا يا وهاب يا وهاب يا وهاب يا 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 الله يا الله يا الله يا جبار يا جبار قال الله سبحانه ليس البر أن تولو, تولو والمغرب ولكن البر من آمن بالله واليوم الآخر والكتاب والنبيين المال على حبه واليتامى والمساكين السبيل وفي الرقاب إلى آخر الآية. صدق الله العظيم. Beloved brothers and sisters and dear listeners, dear students, Assalamu alaikum, wa wabarakatuh. Alhamdulillah, we have been speaking for the past few weeks on the famous uh, state, uh, pieces of advice of Abu Hurair, of Rasulullah sallallahu to Abu Hurair, عنه, in which he asked, uh, who is there who will uh, take advice from me and practice on it himself and uh, teach it to others who will practice on it. So Abu radiyallahu anhu raised his hand and said, I will. And the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam took his hand and uh, gave him five pieces of advice. So, we, uh, one of the first weeks we focused on just the importance of how to deliver the message. The way the communication between Rasulullah and Abu Khair um, and uh, the way he packaged it. That was uh, one week we spent on that. And then the statement, the first one was, al Maharim Takun Abdan al-nas." That fear Allah subhanahu wa taala and you become the greatest worshipper. And then the second um, piece of advice that which we uh, spoke about last week was ma qasam nas." Become pleased with what Allah subhanahu wa taala has distributed for you, and you will become from amongst the wealthy, wealthiest of people or the ones who are most. Uh, Self sufficient. You won't need people. You won't need people. You won't need others' wealth. And you will be rich at heart. Um, so that was last week. And now, inshallah, we'll be doing um, the third wasiyah from the five. And be kind to your neighbor. And do ihsan towards your neighbor. Go above and beyond what's due. You will be a believer. So the aspect of uh, being kind to those who are around us, especially neighbors, uh, is what the deen teaches us in so many places. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah An-Nisa, Ayah 36, Allah azza wa jal mentions, Worship Allah wa'abidullah, wa do not ascribe any partners with Him. do ihsan towards your parents, number one. Number two, be qurba, or relatives. Number three, yatama, Orphans. Number four, masakin; Those who are indigent and poor. Number five, wal jar qurba. Those neighbors who are your relatives. And uh, number six, wal jar al junub. That those neighbors who are um, not your relatives. Wal sahibi bil jam. And those who simply uh, are right next to you. Whether it, not maybe in their homes, but say at work school and so forth so we learn here that there are three layers of neighbors the first one being who's got the most right is who is a relative a Muslim and your neighbor this was very common before we came to this country people used to live together relatives and families used to live together in the same street same neighborhood very normal common occurrence that you would be staying next to your uh, relative, so the person is a Muslim, he's your relative, and he's your neighbor. He's got th- three rights. Third one is a Muslim neighbor uh, who is uh, not your relative, but he is still nonetheless your neighbor and your and Muslim. So the he, this person has two two levels of rights. And a third person is someone who is not a relative, not a Muslim, but is still a neighbor. So this individual would have at least one nisbah and one uh, right upon us, that is the right of being a neighbor. So this is one of the, um, I guess, sad realities of this life that we've lost that whole family connection that our earlier generations had for centuries. Everyone would be staying in the same area, same neighborhood, and would look out uh, for each other. Uh, someone was just mentioning that the homelessness uh, uh, crisis that we have in this country, and it's definitely a crisis. It's 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 a it's, uh, you know many large cities have now thousands of people who are homeless who have their own little you know cities on the on the streets. But if you think about it, there's the probably the. The idea is probably that they are so mis, uh, you know disconnected from their relatives that they have no one to look out for them. Um, if people are living in an area where you have relatives with one another in one town, one village, the chance of this level of homelessness, where most of these people, for example, to, as I understand, many of these people had means and they were they actually had a home or an apartment or somewhere they were living, and then either. Uh, something went really wrong in their life, uh, bad habits, or simply losing the job and not being able to get back in, etc. And then after that, making some bad decisions, sometimes taqdir, you know, destiny, of course. And uh, they are, they got in and and weren't able to come out of that situation. But previously, many of them had homes. I've heard, listen to interviews of people saying, like, you know, don't think homeless people are are subhuman, or that they're garbage many of them were just exactly like you would never in their wildest dreams imagine that they would be on the street but uh, it's really tough and then subhanAllah outside the environment is like the jail even if a person yani, is clean when he goes into the jail the environment is such and it seems like the most survival of not just the fittest the survival of the, uh, the nastiest too sometimes so you have to just learn how to do crazy things in order to um, st- survive there so the streets are really tough so a person who doesn't have even bad habits, but the environment there is is subhanallah so bad that a person it changes a person. All right? May Allah protect us from this this uh, state of affairs. I mean, so if a person were living in an environment in which they were, especially with he was with his, yani uh, Muslims relatives, the chance of this happening would be much less. That someone was fine, had a house. And yeah, things happen. Sometimes you get you you, you lose your, uh, your resources, etc. That's when people, your close relatives will say, "Come move in here and stay here." Like many people from overseas, when they come to America, f- the first thing they do if they have a relative here, they go stay at their house. They have nothing. Last night, a brother told me he came to this country with twenty dollars, just a few year, a few months ago. By twenty dollars. Well, alhamdulillah, he stayed with his sister, and then now he's he is able to Alhamdulillah provide for himself, and you know things have improved but he had a sibling that he was able to stay at their house this is how it's supposed to be that you have people who are uh, your relatives that look out for you and you know life moves on but the problem in this country here is that the way people have come from different parts of the world and uh, have completely uprooted themselves from their tribe uprooted themselves from their community uprooted themselves from their family lineage now they come here they have no idea of in this entire country especially after 100 years no one knows who's related to who no one knows and so someone who is homeless in Los Angeles he probably has definitely you're telling me they don't have first cousins right? they probably have definitely tens of first cousins in maybe Wisconsin, or Iowa, or, or Nebraska or itself in California, maybe just a few miles away but no one's connected with one another so yet we have no idea of what's happening when we see this situation we don't see too many immigrant Muslims out there on the street but you begin to think what may happen to this, our Muslim community in the next, in you know, hundred years because we have become fragmented so much and we have become so disconnected and uh, no one really knows each other uh, and uh, the idea of memorizing family trees and meeting with everyone that is um, not very common anymore uh, not actually very nadir, extremely rare so, people are just simply not aware of who their uncles are, who their aunts are. <laughs> don't know the family. They don't know the, definitely don't know the language of their parents. Uh, don't know where their graves are. Don't know where the, what's written on the tombstone. Right? This, is, this already has happened in, in the first, in this past hundred, so what, 70, 80 years. Now, just fast forward to another few generations. Definitely not everyone is going to remain financially strong or become financially strong. There'll be people who will definitely suffer financially, and Allah forbid, don't know where they'll end up going. But if you are completely disconnected from everyone, uh, what exactly is the future of our community? Something to think about. Right now, we don't see too many homeless Muslims from our community on the uh, on the street, so we think that this is not an issue. But actually, it could very well be an issue. And so here you go. This is how this is the safety net, right? Um, uh, it, it is it is the safety net that uh, Islam provides And that is You have to take care of one another Right? You, this is your insurance That as a community you got to be looking out for Your neighbors It is mentioned that Jibreel والسلام, He kept on encouraging Or rather commanding The Prophet wasallam on the fulfillment of the rights of the neighbor حتى ظن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أن الشرع سيأتي بتوريث until the Prophet صلى began to think that the sharia will now make the neighbors an heir. All neighbors will inherit from their neighbor when they die. So you get, your son gets it, your daughter, you know, your wife, your husband, whatever, uh, and your neighbor. Because the rights seem to be so many that Jibril fal- صلى keeps on coming He keeps on saying this, now this, and now this. He said, it seems like they're going to become beginner and made heirs. Next. قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ما زال جبريل يوصين بالجاري حتى ظننت أنه سيوارثه يوارثه means to make him an inheritor. So the Prophet عليه الصلاة والسلام when he said أحسن لا تكون مؤمنها Be, Be good to your neighbor, you will be a mu'min. He made this an علامة that a sign of fate is that you're looking after the people who are around you. Uh, it's mentioned another hadith: "Man kana billahi akhir." If you truly believe in Allah, and if you truly believe in the Day of Judgment, then do do have ihsan towards your neighbor. And then the hadith, this hadith continues: kana billahi akhir." Whoever believes in Allah and his day, in the Day of Judgment, fal then he must honor his guest. Man kana billahi And whoever believes in Allah and the Day of Judgment, فَلْيَقُلْ خَيْرًا أَوْ لِيَسْكُتْ He should say something good or remain silent. Three things have been made a sign of believing in Allah and the Day of Judgment. Meaning a person who does not have these three things, you know, there's something really wrong here. Why would you not do these three things? It means, possibly, that you seriously have no faith that you're going to come face to face with Allah and that he will be rewarding you for what you did right and will be punishing us for what we did wrong notice all three things ha- have to do with akhlaq all three things have to do with akhlaq whoever believes in Allah on the day of judgment you have to be kind to your neighbor if you believe in Allah on the day of judgment you have to honor your guest if you believe in Allah in the day of judgment you have to say good things or stay silent don't say things to upset people and hurt people so, the idea of uh, this is another whole topic of of uh you know being a good host that's something that is part of our faith. The earliest of Arabs in which Iman and Islam wasn't still there, but the level of generosity that they had the uh, the you know the traditional Bedouins or just the arabs generally speaking even in the ones who live in the city. It was something so powerful. You'll see incidents mentioned in books uh, where they would have, not even Muslims, but they wouldn't have anything, for example, before Islam came to them. They, wouldn't have, they would not have much, but they, if a guest would come, they would slaughter their only animal to feed their guest. Some of them were, would, have, would live in the desert, would have a, a lantern or a, a lantern burning all night. That's very expensive. But they would do that simply that if any neighbor is going through the desert and gets lost and needs a place to sleep or some food to eat, they should have our hotel available, our tent, for them to find solace. Wishing and hoping that someone will come and spend the night. The examples of the Ithar and the idea and the concept of giving preference to others over themselves is mentioned in the Qur'an وَيُؤْثِرُونَ عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ وَلَوْ كَانَ بِهِمْ regarding the Ansar well, uh, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also speaks about the ithar that the Ansar did that they gave preference to the Muhajirun over themselves in every single thing it's really hard to do, seriously if you think about it like this is my hard-earned money this is my home this is my time this is my vacation this is my weekend this is my family why should I give it out over to some random guest? One is someone whose house you've gone and spent a week at. Someone who you're friends and enjoy time at their house and relative. That's there. Life doesn't see, say anything of that sort. Life is so general. Just a guest. Doesn't have to be related to you. That doesn't mean you have to even know them. Doesn't mean that you have to have spent time with them. It's just that they're there at your house. And now what are you supposed to do? You have to do ikram. So the, re, the one who's going to be able to do ikram is the one who has ikhlas. The one who has sincerity of intention, the one who truly believes in Allah and the fact that he's going to get reward in Akhirah. Otherwise, it's not easy, right? It's not easy to be able to sit and have host someone, multiple days, multiple meals, this thing and that thing, right? With all that is required. But who? Should, but the disbelievers and the kuffar of Makkah and those around them outside in that era, even if they someone, they hated them. But if they came to the house, it's game over. Like at the moment right now we cannot express our hate because you've come as a guest we cannot express our hate whatever you ask we have to abide by we have to obey because you are our neighbor and the nisbah, the way you've come right now is as a guest so all that baggage we're going to throw out so this was an amazing trait of theirs that they had the ability to compartmentalize all of that anger frustration hatred towards a person if they came as a guest and unfortunately this is also becoming a losing trait within our community it becomes a burden for us to host people in our homes or to invite them etc although alhamdulillah the houses continue to become larger and larger but the, the heart is becoming smaller and smaller now we don't have just one kitchen we have multiple kitchens in the house and we have all sorts of uh you know uh, uh, you, you don't have a uh, firewood to cook you have gas stoves which can cook within you know minutes something and we have dishwashers of course we have multiples ovens and stoves uh and mashallah we have all different types of air fryers now right and we have uh, of course microwave can't forget that um and other ten other You know utensils and machines available in the house. Uh, The um, you know scratch-resistant pots and Teflon pots Everything was just so quick and easy. Um, I remember visiting overseas uh, in India, and uh, uh, you know some guests, some you know guests had come, and I saw the household where we're staying at were preparing. There's first of all there's no Light. So now they had a lantern in the kitchen, and then you're trying to find those matches to light up the stove. Okay. Then it's winter time and it's cold, and there is no obviously central heat, nor is there any, uh, 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 you know, insulation. You're you're on a concrete floor, right? Your window is not properly closing. You got cold air coming. And it, what 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 are you surrounded by? Just bricks, a stone wall. Stone wall, and uh, what what are you gonna u- use there? Not one microwave, not one dishwasher, not one, none of those things. It's simply one gas stove that uh, they had a small with two, you know, two burners. They lit, they they turned, they switched, uh, they, they light it with a lighter, using a lantern or something of that sort because the light goes out too. And cooking, everything, like what, <laughs> a t- ten course breakfast, man, ten course breakfast. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, Subhanallah you know this is something which with all the luxury we don't do a third of for a guest but here it's actually not guest in the house, guest in the masjid, there was a jamaat there guests in the masjid are here, now we have to cook so we're gonna go out, I, Alhamdulillah spend time in jamaat in India and uh, say same thing, we would go to people's houses they would come, they say we have to come to our house to eat, like Shaykh, no 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 we need your baraka. now we're walking to their house And there's no lights in the entire town and they're carrying, uh, you know, uh, a lantern while walking behind them. And now you are maneuvering yourself through maneuver, through manure, (laughs) maneuvering yourself through manure on the street. Tons of it, tons and tons of it, right? Cow dung all over, of course, all mud houses. And you go to the small hut, the entire house is literally smaller than a master bedroom and you go there and you've got these little kids poor kids running around the place they don't have, they don't have shoes, nothing and he puts it there and he plays out the food and then you get, subhanAllah and you see chicken and you see meat like wait, how can you afford this? you know how expensive these things are but that's the thing it doesn't make a difference guests is here we are going to even if we can't afford it we'll figure out a way how we are going to feed you and two, three items uh, be serving us and then the, the, the 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 host is so you know over the top, excited that these brothers have come to our our little hut to eat you know, you could see him, he's bubbling over in excitement, running around, trying to serve us Um, we're trying to wash our hands you know, every single thing, five star in a mud hut and will take us walking back and you're thinking, subhanAllah these people are so much more generous than us with a thousandth that they have a thousandth that they have, of what we have We'd go sometimes to people like, you have to drink tea at our house. Honestly speaking, subhanAllah, sometimes the tea was so difficult to drink. Because it just seemed like it was just 90%, 95% water, and just a little drop of milk to add the color. And uh, a little bit of, you know, uh, 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 tea bags, or not tea bags, there's no bags there. Just open tea leaves in a small cup. Uh, And it's not your karak chai and your doot chai and none of that good stuff that we enjoy. No it's just literally milk for coloring purposes, and they give it to you and, and you're like but, but no, but you don 't have to no, but you must since you are a foreigner and you're in the neighborhood and you're, or you're in the Masjid, you have to come, you must come to my house, even i 'll share with you whatever I have um, you, you know you might not like it, but that's that's another story this is this is uh, the least I can do. So uh, those of you who are born overseas know exactly what I'm speaking about. You can connect with everything and you can think of 10 other stories. But we see that subhanAllah, the more wealth that has come to us, the stingier we have become. And the hearts have become smaller. And the hands have become more tight-fisted. We become more tight-fisted with our our giving. And this is one of the signs of the hour. The Prophet ﷺ said, يَكْثُرُ الْبُخْلِ That uh, stinginess will become rampant and will become the order of the day. Right? Generosity will be out the door, and people will start becoming very stingy. We ask Allah as always a protection from this evil trade right I I mean so this is ikram of dhif. it needs to come back into our lives, honoring our guest and I said this is a whole different topic, last but not least on this on these three things was uh you don't have to always open your mouth and and, and say something you don 't always have to have a comment, rather the rule should be we don't have a comment no comment only speak when there's something genuinely beneficial that you can share but the general rule should be no comment right Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in many ahadith has said that that if you if you, whoever takes responsibility and guaranteeing me of what's between the jaws and what and what's between the private part between the thighs Abban lahu jannah I will guarantee for him paradise if you can guarantee that you don't commit sin uh, of, of, of lust and shawa, and you guarantee me that you're not going to use your tongue in a manner that is incorrect, I'll guarantee you for you, Jannah. What is the problem in our homes? Everything between every husband and wife, between every parent and child, and between every in-law and, and the daughter-in-law or son-in-law, it's all about the tongue. We have and This, uh, by the way, has nothing to do with with praying Fajr in the masjid. And nothing to do with, I prayed eight rakat tahajjud before Fajr. That's good for you. This is something whole different. There's many people who do that and beyond that, but then they have a knife like a poisoned sword that they go stab left and right people. And they don't just stab them. It's a poisoned sword. So even after they stab them, the poison remains in the bloodstream. Eventually till it destroys the relationship for good from one another very very dangerous problem that we have is the tongue and we have to be careful with those who are number one around us this is what we're learning from this hadith neighbors if this is the situation of the neighbors and I'm gonna to come to the other hadith now imagine those who are inside the house they're more than a neighbor right the spouse the son the daughter the mom the dad the son-in-law the daughter-in-law the sibling relatives so forth imagine how important it is that we control our tongue people may you know they say defensive driving right defensive driving you'll have crazy people you have drunkards outside every single day there are so many car accidents fatal car accidents at the hands of people who are recklessly driving or who are drunk driving unfortunately you know, we we should know that when you go outside and you drive, you need to know that that there are people who are angry, there are people who are in road rage, there are people who are intoxicated, and I have to watch. I cannot say, oh, everyone on the road definitely will be following the rules. Hence, I'm going to relax, keep my eyes, you know, uh, closed, and put onto autopilot and, and drive. This, you know, these cars now have auto driving modes. We can't do that. You have to be awake and alert because you don't know what's going to happen. Left field, anywhere. This is, this is what we're speaking about. That people in your own home may have a harsh tongue. But we need to ensure that we don't. People around us may, in our work and school may not have a clean tongue. But we need to ensure that we're not saying anything that can be used against us in court. You know there's this fear that I don't want to say something, Allah forbid... Imagine if every single conversation in our kitchen, in our bedroom, in our home, was recorded. And you saw a big red dot recording. You know, a big light. It's on. How careful everyone would be. Think about it. How careful would all be. You're about to say, and then you look at this big red light, and the reel is playing. It's a recording. You'd be, care- you'd, 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 you'd be like, okay, forget it. <laughs> exactly. You want to say something. You're angry, you're frustrated. But you say, forget it. Because when you look at that machine there, you look at the phone there, you look at something that's recording. Well, Allah Azza wa Jal, He says, Allah wa Allah has recorded everything while people have forgotten. Allah never forgets. Allah is recording every single thing while people are forgetting. So anytime you have an internal push or a desire to speak up and respond and be witty with your comment, don't. Because even if the other person didn't hear it, who heard it? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then the and katibin ya'lamun ma tafalun. The angels, the scribes, they're writing it down. It's all about the tongue, brothers and sisters. If we can control this the, and at homes, our homes will be insha'Allah, be paradise. You heard the famous story of a, of a sister, a lady, she came to the monana and she said, Mawlana, I need a taweez. I need an amulet. I need a amulet. Some verses of the Quran written on it or something. So I can ward off the evil spirits. He said, What's the problem? She said, My wife, my husband is always fighting with me. We're always in fights. Bismillah. Too many problems in our, in our marriage. I said, Oh, that one. Okay, I got that. I know those shayateen. Very bad ones. So he then he sat there and he, he wrote something. Made it folded up in a nice big paper ball, put some, some, you know, leather around it, and says, Okay, this is your amulet. You know, you usually have it and you have a leather covering around it. So you got this is an amulet I give you. Okay, should I put it on my wrist? Should I put it around my neck? So no, this is different. This one's a little different, but very effective. This, when your husband comes back from work, when he comes back from outside, that time is when you gotta strike him. It's like, well, how do I strike him? Because you take this amulet, you put it in your mouth and only when it is you know as long as it's in the mouth it's going to be effective you take it out of mouth it loses power so but but then how am I supposed to speak It's exactly if you, you you put it inside there and only in very extreme cases where you really feel like okay this is so bad that the amulet can stop working but I got to speak up then you take it out you say what you got to say and after that you put it back in and maybe, maybe sometimes you can say certain things, but it'll be a little painful because it's all around your tongue. But you've got to keep this. Otherwise, it's going to lose its effectiveness. Obviously, she took that amulet went home. You know, very happy that the Malana Saab gave her some beneficial ta'weez. She comes back a week later, so happy. You know, imagine with sweets and everything. And said, SubhanAllah, I cannot thank you enough. This, I've got to tell all my other friends too. This ta'weez, this amulet, actually... It really works. This is so powerful. The husband, subhanAllah, all of a sudden, he changed. Everything in our house has become so nice. And then he said, yeah, inshallah, you can tell everyone. Of course, there was, there was nothing inside that amulet. Right? It was just piece of, empty pieces of paper. But I mean, What happened? You got the joke. You got, but it's not the joke. It's real. It's someone needs to know how to shut up. If someone keeps quiet in the house, then things will automatically come right. But you have two people blaring at each other, going at each other, then naturally even a beautiful large mansion will become a garbage dump. Right? It will it'll be, it'll be worse than, it will be less safety and security and peace than a tent on the street. Because there's people going at each other all the time. So we, there was a time, once upon a time, that marriages lasted so well, so well for decades. Why was that? Because people knew how to stay quiet. Someone knew. I'm not saying both. At least one person knew how to stay quiet and uh, that uh, we need to get back into the houses everyone needs to have one available at home to put it into your mouth or your spouse's mouth meaning to stay quiet and that will uh, inshallah help assist us to overcome a big chunk do we not deal with the real issues yeah but when someone is screaming their head off that's not the time to deal with the issue this is just going to be called a head on collision that's what it's going to do you deal with that issue afterwards when there is calmness in the home and there is peace at home and when some all the anger is is been uh, you know extinguished then you can discuss things in a cool-headed manner but today uh, the boy and the girl both say I don't need you it is you know there was a mutual dependence that used to happen before I need you you need me but nowadays it's no it's mutual independence. I don't need you. You don't need me. This is happens to be good to be for our taxes, maybe, or so for some other reason, uh, for you know, for our careers. Yeah, many say we are married for our careers, but uh, uh, married for um, uh, you know, for 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 political reasons, etc. But when it comes to um, be anything beyond that, everyone is saying I can find another th- ten besides you. This is the attitude. The attitude of. I can find another ten girls, or I can find another ten boys. It's I don't need you. So when boys and girls both start thinking along these lines, then we have a problem. where does this come from? This thought process? What do you think? The parents and society, of course, but the parents are not sending off their children, saying, You know what? I'm locking the you lock the door on the way out. You're not coming back. This you have to f- sort out. you're going to figure this out don't Don't think that every single small thing. Allah that? We're gonna send a limousine to pick you up, or we're gonna extract you, or, or you know, you come back and say I don't like her, I'm done. This is Ajif stuff happening in our community right now. After right, you, the whole court, the whole process, a process happening after one, yani many months, and then after, I don't like him, he does, I don't like his looks, or, um, you know, what you call, I don't like her looks, or like random stuff like that. What is this? Talk, what are you talking about? Now you're stuck with it. Make it work, right? buyer's remorse, they call it, right? So this, this seems to be a big uh, syndrome right now. Marriage marriage remorse. A person gets married and then after that starts seeing all this. No, we have to make it work. If you make sabr and you make it work and you make shukr and you thank Allah that He's given you something and then you make lots and lots of dua and you you know, you know work on your habits, you work on their habits, you read surah al-Baqarah in the home like we spoke about in the khatir a few days ago, inshallah, there will be improvement. But if a person just says, no, oh, this doesn't seem to work, forget it. Hey, let me take this water bottle. Oh, then this is going to become a joke. And we are living in an era of, of tamasha right now. Joke. That's how the level of marriages are falling apart. Everywhere, left and right. Who do, how many, all of you sitting here, you probably know tens of people who are already divorced and who are young. And those who are, you're wondering, like, okay, it's just been people are, so, people are dying to get married. They're finding it so difficult to find a spouse. And then those who are, they're just dying to get divorced what kind of ajib society we're living in so from amongst the many things it is goes back to the tongue our deen is so beautiful we're supposed to have a safety net that doesn't allow homelessness we started off with that right how is it that we have divorce left and right man there's something really wrong over here Uh, and um, interesting thing is that before in in India, Pakistan and other places there was a whole mother-in-law thing yeah that a person used to live with his mother-in-law, the, the girls, and, and a lot of um, oppression would happen in many houses, and there's no doubt I've seen that too, for sure. Very bad, uh, horrible things. But nowadays, all the, many of the young couples, they don't live with their parents. Now why can't you get along? You keep on blaming the mother-in-law and the father-in-law. Now you all live on your own, and still you're filing for divorce. So Don't blame anyone besides yourself. You cannot sit there blaming uh, you know, this one and that one. The issue is we have no sabar. We have no tahamul, We have no patience. We're not forbearing. We are full of ourselves. We don't feel that there's ever a problem within ourselves that we need to improve on. We become narcissistic and arrogant and condescending to everyone else. All of these gathering of evil spiritual diseases are leading to uh, a massive rate of divorce. And... I would wake up to all those young men and women who are listening to me to say, it's happening. Over one-third of marriages end up in divorce. Over one-third of Muslim community. Think about that. For every third nikah you attend, there's one divorce. And if you don't attend, then still for, you know, if there's, you know, like a, a, you know, three in, in one day, that's very normal. Sometimes there's one, some masjids, they're like five, six on Friday. You know, some of the larger masjids. So th- imagine that. If there's six of them, SubhanAllah, two of them are going are, are to fall apart The rate So don't think, oh this is not me I think that's a pretty crazy percentage, don't you think so? One third So we need to not put our guard down If you are not married or you are married Either way, please think twice before you speak And before you get into marriage too Get counseling done Definitely do premarital counseling Understand what marriage entails This is not like, oh let me just ride a bike You know, people jump on. But that's what happens. If you just jump and ride a bike, you have no idea what you're doing, Allah forbid, some horrible things can happen. Even with people who know how to ride it, horrible things happen. So marriage is is definitely a very complicated process. And it's not easy. It's not just like many of the young men and women say, oh, I'm just so dying to get married. Yes, I spoke about that yesterday in Jum'ah, the importance of marriage to protect ourselves from haram. If you didn't get a chance to listen to that as a father or mother, please do listen to that topic from Jum'ah. But, at least also learn how to be a successful husband and wife and a big chunk of that has to do with your tazkiyah that's why the abundance of dhikr of Allah helps as well the more we make our, ourselves punctual in dhikr we're talking about thousands of dhikr dhikr of the heart 1000 times 2000 times 3000 times dhikr of the heart Allah, Allah 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 this will inshallah allow us to control our anger it will allow us to control our rage it will allow us to control our tongue it will make us realize we're in the presence of allah and the recorder is moving right something's being recorded in a writing allah is listening everything is being recorded i have to be mindful of what i'm saying this is what needs to come into to our homes um, let me quickly go over some of the rights now of what we need to ensure when dealing with our neighbor Muslim or non-Muslim, relative or non-relative. If this applies to the neighbor, then of course, for sure, it applies to those inside the home: our spouse, our family, our siblings, so forth. Number one is salam is responding to the salam. First, say, initiate the salam. If they don't initiate, if, you, if they don't say the salam, then respond to it. Nabi has said this is the right of a Muslim upon a Muslim. You alayhi that he says salam to him when he meets, when he sees him. This is one big issue. Again, salam. How many fathers and mothers say, My kids, they enter the house, don't say salam. Can you please speak about this? All the time I hear this. Nabi alayhi he has actually mentioned that Nabi said لَن تَدْخُلُ جَنَّةَ حَتَّى You will never enter Jannah until you become believers. You will never become true believers until you love one another. Shall I not tell you something that will allow you to love one another? And the Prophet then responded, explained further by saying, أَفْشُ السَّلَامَ بَيْنَكُمْ Make salam common amongst yourselves. So the one of the first things to bring muhabba between husband and wife and in-laws and, and siblings and parents and children is salam. Right? Bring now the other person you're saying, oh you did not say wa alaikum salam. No problem. You do your job. This is what we learn. Uh we ourselves, we have to do our job. We talked about Surah Al-Baqarah the other day. I said everyone ideally should be reading Surah Al-Baqarah together in the house, together, collectively. But you can't convince other people to do that, you do it yourself. Read it out loud. And insha'Allah, after a few days and a few weeks, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will soften people's hearts and they will come and join you. Number two, the Prophet said, Kaffu yani, uh, the Prophet speak, spoke about keeping our neighbors safe from our harm. Uh, the, uh, once the Prophet said, wallahi la yumin, wallahi la yumin, wallahi la yumin. I swear by Allah, he is not a believer. I swear by Allah, he's not a believer. I swear by Allah, he's not a believer. Allah, not a believer. Oh my God, three times nabi saw us i'm swearing by allah he is not a believer and they said ya Rasulullah, who is that he said al jaru la ya'manu jarahu bawa'iquhu al jaru la ya'manu jarahu bawa'iquhu That neighbor whose neighbor is not protected from his harm jo padosi dusse apne apne padosi ko apne aziyat se mehfooz nahi rakhega teen dafa huzur ne qasam kha kar kaha wo musal wo momin nahi <Hebrew> ho Cannot be a believer Cannot be a believer Cannot be a believer If this is a neighbor Then what about the one in the house So people are so excited about their tahajjud And their tilawat of the Quran And mashallah their umrah and their hajj And all these amazing things But hey If we're misusing our tongue uh, It's gonna nullify all of this What is he saying here Not a believer Three times The Prophet ﷺ said Another hadith That person cannot enter Jannah. His neighbor doesn't feel safe around him Does not feel safe from his uh, tongue and so forth Another hadith the Prophet ﷺ said yeah, A man came He said There is a lady People talk about how pious she is She prays a lot She fasts a lot She gives a, liar, a lot of charity What else you want? غيره. However she got one problem She has a harsh tongue which she uses to harm those who are around her. He said, She is going to go to Jahannam. Done. He said it. She's going to Jahannam. Ya Rasulullah, she's got a lot of salah, lot of fasting, a lot of sadaqah. He said, Going to hellfire. Ya Rasulullah, there's another lady. The people even talk about the fact how little she fasts, how little charity she gives, how little she prays. Ya ni nafil. Not the she gives, you know, charity, um, whatever she can, small things also, anything she gets, she gives. And number two, she does not hurt her neighbors with her tongue. قال he هي says she's going to Jannah. This Hadith is very clear on the fact that our nawafil is not sufficient to get us to Paradise. A person needs to ensure that their tongue is, is safe from others. Okay, now before our neighbor starts cursing us, guess what? Before that, you have the curse of Allah. An instance happened during the time of the Prophet A man came. He said, Ya Rasulullah, my neighbor is a big problem for me. So the Prophet said, أُطْرُحْ مَتَاعَكَ عَلَى الطَّرِيقِ أَوْ فِي He said, Throw your luggage, throw your things on the street. He went in through his belongings, some of his belongings, his own belongings on the street, on the uh, pathway, street. So what happened? People started passing by the street, and when they saw these random you know, uh, things blocking the road on the street, they began to curse him. They're like, which, which guy did this? Put his things on the street, no common sense, and started seeing bad things about him. So he came to the Prophet, the man again. And Rasulullah said, Okay, what's wrong? He said, Ya Rasulullah, I have a big problem. I've got a bigger problem. I am suffering at the hands of the people. He said, What are you suffering? He said, They are cursing me. What did he do? He threw his things on the street. He said, "People are cursing you now, but Allah had already cursed you before that." He said, "I will not go back to this sin again." Ya Rasulullah. sin again." فَقَدْ أُمِنتُ The one who complained to the Prophet ﷺ, he said, "What should I do now?" The Prophet ﷺ said, "Pick up your luggage. Indeed, you have been saved from the shār and the evil of the of the people." The reason the Prophet ﷺ did this, he wanted to explain to, this, to the Sahaba here that you you know when you do something wrong. Uh, whether it's disregard to a neighbor or whether it is polluting the street or something else the anger of the people is preceded by the anger of Allah it's not just that the people are angry at me you know people usually say I don't know what's wrong with this guy he's mad at me well if you do something wrong guess what Allah is angry at you then secondary you should be worried about people The first is Allah is angry if you say I don't care about him well you don't have to care fine don't care about him but what about Allah what do you know about that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who is upset And we have to be uh, careful about that Number number, um, three is that When that neighbor himself acts in a harsh manner with us Then do sabr, do tahammul And do not respond Even if they are mean with us, the neighbor Try your best uh, Hassan Basri is has mentioned Being a good neighbor is not that you simply do not harm your neighbor A good neighbor is the one who actually is patient when the neighbor is bad with him That's what it means being a good neighbor Not that you are simply protecting them from your harm A man came to Abdullah ibn mas'ud He said, yeah, oh Abdullah إِنَّ I have a neighbor that harms me. Curses me. And he makes my life difficult. Go, go, go from here. فَإِنَّهُ عَصَى اللَّهَ فِيكَ اللَّهَ فِيهِ Indeed, he has disobeyed Allah with regards to you. So now you should obey Allah with regards to him. You should obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with regards to him. And And... This is where our akhlaq Are truly, they shine There's a saying in Arabic اطلب الجارة قبل الدار والطريقة قبل الرفيق I'm sorry قبل الطريق Search for a neighbor Before you purchase a house And search for your uh, uh, Street Search for your companion Before you set out in your journey So this is very deep actually It's not only about Oh, he's gonna let me use his patio, and I use his patio, which is nice. Backyards, you're sharing, and so forth. It's about the fact that if you have a good neighbor, we will benefit from them. Let's say your kids are outside; your kids gonna play with your neighbor's kids. If they are good neighbors, not only they won't harm them, they will actually pick up good traits. They'll pick up good qualities. A neighbor will bring you for fajr with you along, right? They will help uh, take your. Your kids are going to madrasa. Your your neighbors also going along with them, like this. The fact that we don't usually think about this, right? We just look for naturally uh, wherever the real estate price is going up or whichever is a, a special uh, good zip code, good into that neighborhood. But what type of people do I have in my area? How often is that an, uh, 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 put into consideration when purchasing a house? That's why it's, I think it was Abdullah Mubarak, I think so, uh, that they said he, he would, in his area, the person, a non-Muslim who was selling the house, he sold it for very expensive. So someone came and said, this house, why are you selling so expensive? He said, the, the house price is say a thousand. But then that's what you sell it for. No, it's an extra thousand price is for, it being an, you're, being, you're getting an opportunity to be the neighbor of Abdullah Mubarak. What's the extra cost even though he's not a Muslim he said you what you gonna get here and enjoy here being in his company as a neighbor even if you're not a Muslim is so invaluable and so just unbelievable that there's an extra cost for the house for that Subhanallah. that is exactly how I'm supposed to be, be a neighbor that people say Khalas, I will do anything to come find a house next door that this is the level of benefit spiritual benefit emotional benefit physical benefit such helpfulness that this neighbor shows his neighbors that we'd pay we'd be willing to pay extra to come live near them. This is the litmus test. Shouldn't it be that Allah forbid our neighbors trying to get out of the get out of the place and, and run because of us. And lastly, is Sitra is, is that you look out for him. Protect his honor, look out for his needs, and of course do not do anything to harm his, the, the and the, 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 the name and taint the name of your neighbor uh, don't do khiyana like how a person carefully he lowers his gaze in front of others similarly the neighbors spouse is there a person make sure that we do not do khiyana of the eye right because they are our neighbor you guard your gaze from all opposite gender but if it comes to the neighbor you be even more careful uh, this is what we're speaking about that you have to protect them from our evil to the extent to protect them from the evil eye from our own wrong yani, from our own, from our own gla- incorrect glance and we need to be a well-wisher for them if something comes across and there is benefit for your neighbor you need to tell them that even if it doesn't make a difference to you but always look out for your neighbor's needs We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He grants us the ability to bring all these beautiful, good qualities that were mentioned within ourselves. May He allow us all to constantly work on our improvement. May He allow us to use our eyes to focus on our uh, faults. And if someone guides us to our faults, may He allow us to become open and understanding for us to focus on that. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to work on our akhlaq and make our Akhlaq like the Akhlaq of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa May Allah protect uh, our neighbors from our harm and protect us from their harm. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala improve the relationship between all members of the household. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow all those who are not married to be able to find the very best of spouses, those who are married to allow their uh, their marriages to flourish. And inshallah subhanahu wa ta'ala to uh, improve in every sense. Amin wa bin Do we have any... Um, Questions before we conclude with vicar and dua. Yes. If a person's, good, very good question, if a person has a non-mahram female neighbor next door, and and what should we do in that case? So, in that case, if you say you are living with your family, you're living with your mother, your sister, etc., they can take care of the majority of the communication. Basic communication as you're walking out and saying hi from your uh, as you're reversing your car is not a problem. But to go go beyond that and see whatever specific needs they may have, etc. Then we should have the women of our household take care of that. And if there's some physical need, for example, lifting of something, helping and moving, etc. Then they need, then in that case if a person goes uh, with another female member of the household to assist them in that regard, that should be fine. I mean, if a person is living alone, and then in a male f- living in one house apartment, a female living in another apartment next door, then, I mean, most of the time, yani, not much is required, but yeah, you, this is not, I would say, the best time for you to say, hey, I cook these uh, every single day. You're setting your cooked items next door and, uh, and saying, let me know if I need to add more salt in this or is the pepper great, good enough or not. <laughs> this is where the fitness starts. Right? So naturally, you want to limit that uh, you just let them know if there is anything that if they need an assistance they can call upon you and at times of need genuine need, emergency situations a person definitely can assist and help uh, so being, just being cordial is sufficient uh, uh, and uh, beyond that of course you have you know, many instances where things go out of line so a person should definitely be careful about that part G. any other questions? yes Giving da'wah to our non-Muslim neighbors is through our akhlaq and through our character. This idea where a non-Muslim should say, uh, you need real estate value here is more because I'm next to so-and-so. That level of akhlaq. And um, uh, that level of akhlaq means you don't just do the minimum. You go above and beyond that they're floored. They say, what? Like my own siblings in the other end of the city never come and sees me. I have relatives who don't ever come over. No one cares about me. Why in the world do you, do you care so much? Because you're doing it for Allah. You're doing it for your own akhirah. That's why, right? Obviously. So they're not going to understand that. They, they should be f- so floored by your character and your akhlaq that they feel like you are more close to them than their own family. And that's the very best form of da'wah. Uh, that when they say, Why? you say, Because we believe in the Day of Judgment. We believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is our motivating factor. And imagine if this is our... Uh, if we all humans begin to believe in Allah what a better peaceful world this will become where everyone is saying I don't want to be nice to you but I'm gonna have this huge smile and here's a big gift for you simply because I'm expecting the reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, uh, so it should be very tactful. You don't want them to feel that you are doing this for the sake of da'wah. And in reality, it's not by the way. Our akhlaq with our neighbor, look at all these hadiths. There's many, many, many more hadiths. We only shared some. Where does it say that, yani, it's contingent upon them being a Muslim Or contingent upon them coming towards Islam The environment that Rasulullah is speaking about Were they all Muslims in Mecca? Right? Some of his own neighbors, relatives Each one bigger kafir than the other Right? And so harmful, they're really hateful People talk about Islamophobia It's not the phobia there They didn't just have this fear and say bad words They did so much more in Mecca but what is the akhlaq of Rasulullah is something that we have to learn uh, at that time. It's, I know it's, it's something that uh, in India and all these other places where Muslims and non Muslims are living with each other, you'll realize that uh, this is where this comes so important. That if akhlaq were there with your relatives, I'm sorry, with your neighbors, then those communities, the Hindus will come and they will many times um, actually give refuge to the Muslims. And there have been many instances of that, where best friends, uh, of course, they're like, what we, we, religion doesn't separate us. You are a neighbor, and these crazy people are coming and burning the houses down. And they will literally hide the Muslims in their own homes, um, and will give their life to protect their Muslim neighbors. Um, and unfortunately, sometimes where people are just stay within their own community, and they do not build ties across communities, across religions, we're seeing unfortunate, horrible incidents happening. Um, where there's mass murder taking place genocide in reality so this is why ulama have been speaking about these topics for a long time even in Africa many ulama have come and said in South Africa where I studied that if you do not take care of your relationship with your neighbors when when there will be xenophobia and people will start uh, fighting back against all immigrants your mansion will not protect you they'll burn it down they'll shoot you really because this is exactly what's happened in many other parts of Africa when there was this wave of xenophobia and everyone's like get rid of these immigrants they've ruined our, our, our homes they've ruined our country everything uh, fell apart they didn't care who you were and how well established you are so ensuring that we have a relationship with our neighbors is is super important Gee. okay inshallah um, we are our programs inshallah Tafim uh, a, a, a weekend program will begin today at 10 a.m. Uh, we have three classes, inshallah, that will be taught this fall semester on Saturday. The Fiqh of Salah, part one. The Tafsir of the Surahs of Salah which is the last ten surahs in Surah Fatiha. And number three, Purification of the Heart, which is the Arba'in Fi Usul al-Din of Imam Ghazali. Really beautiful book, Purification of the Heart. Three classes will be taught by Mufti Nauman Khan. uh, did his ifta in al Hadith in Darulam Dioband, original studies and before that in Darulam, New York and he's moved to town from Minnesota and Alhamdulillah he'll be teaching this class, you'll have an opportunity to sit with him for all three classes and we have break, we have some snacks in between for you to spend time with your classmates and get to know the teacher and learn from them outside of class as well the Sunday track, we have um, uh, the history and the development of fiqh how did fiqh start and wh- how has it reached us and, and how did it develop throughout the ages introduction to hadith sciences you want to know what modu is you want to know what sahih is you want to know what da'if is you want to know how did you go about classifying all this hadith how do, what is the proof of hadith being authentic all of that and number three aqidah part one especially the oneness of Allah belief in the existence of God how to refute atheism all of that is in Aqeedah Part 1. So this will be taught by our full-time in, uh, teacher and colleague of ours, Maulana Farhan Sharif. Uh, inshallah, will be teaching all three classes on Sunday. So this is a great opportunity for our brothers uh, to benefit in, in, in person from them. Sisters, there's class for you as well in person at Dawah Salaam, as well as the classes are all live-streamed and recorded from wherever you are in the country um, and, or across the globe, and you can listen in. Number two class that will be starting uh, in September will be our Sunday school, ages 6 to 16. Uh, You can go visit the website and, inshallah, register for these um, uh, courses. If there's anyone, uh, it's actually, we try to make it extremely affordable uh, compared to anything else that's, out, you know, maybe available elsewhere. But uh, uh, if someone is not able to uh, pay for it too, then, you know, if someone has some needs, we still don't want to we want to make sure no one gets deprived if genuinely a person doesn't have the means uh, of that and Allah, may Allah make it easy for you then you know you can send an email to the office and um, and speak to them figure out a, a method of how to make that more affordable for you but we want to make sure inshallah every single person does benefit Mufti bin Han spoke about this extensively last Friday as well the aspect of, of علm, علm, علm. our students, sons and daughters are headed back to university and college now this is a perfect time for us to realize the importance of studying and to have them attend these classes along with the parents themselves. Uh, and ho- hopefully through this, we will learn our basics. There's nothing fluff here. It's all important. Uh, we are spent 12, hours, 12 years in school, and then maybe eight, another 8 years in college at least. Right? Or sometimes even more. And how, much, how many hours have we spent, or months have we spent studying the deen? So I encourage you all, inshallah, to please um, uh, take benefit from that. We are looking for sponsors and hosts for Team Fajr. I've announced that a couple times at Tafsir as well. So I don't think anyone has come up yet. Um, I make that request again for those who are listening online and those who are listening here as well. Inshallah, if you can <clears throat> let us know if you'd like to host a, one of the Inshallah. Now that Fajr is, alhamdulillah, a little bit later, we'll have, and the students have come back as well, uh, we'll have... Um, uh, you know, inshallah, bigger attendance So please, if you are available To host uh, breakfast <clears throat> Please do so, not only are we asking The payment of, you know You can bring the food, or you can pay Three, four, five hundred, or eight hundred, whatever the amount is Depending on what you want to order, but beyond that Be a host, meaning you invite people Say you're hosting breakfast, now look By the time I'm finishing now, it's 6.50 We'll do dhikr and dua, it'll be 7 o'clock So, and you can have a 7 o'clock breakfast not too, too early, it's not like 4.45 so, you can actually have your halwa puri, right, at 7. <laughs> so, instead of heading it too early. So, alhamdulillah, we're waiting for this time to start offering. So, inshallah, we're looking for people to, to, uh, to sponsor that in the next uh, weeks and months, and hopefully we'll have, inshallah, even a <clears throat> greater attendance. La ilaha illa Allah Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Laila ha illallah, 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 لا اله الا الله لا اله الا الله لا اله الا الله 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 La ilaha illallah, 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 illallah. La ilaha illa Allah la ilaha illa Allah la ilaha illa la ilaha illa Allah Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Sallallahu الله Muhammad محمد alayhi الله عليه وسلم ala الله sallallahu محمد wa الله عليه وسلم Muhammad الله alayhi محمد sallam الله عليه وسلم sallallahu الله wa محمد Sallallahu الله عليه وسلم alayhi الله sallam محمد they الله عليه وسلم wa الله Sallallahu محمد الله عليه وسلم محمد sallallahu الله عليه وسلم صلى الله على محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم صلى الله على الله عليه a stone Astaghfirullah. 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 a stone Astaghfirullah. 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 a Astaghfirullah. 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 a Astaghfirullah. 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 a a Astaghfirullah, 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 Astaghfirullah. Allah don't feel Allah I don't feel Allah I استغفر الله 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 الله الذي لا اله الا هو الحي القيوم واتوب اليه بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الله ما أنت السلام ومنك السلام وتبارثي يا الجلال والإكرام الله ملك الحمد كله ورك الشكر كله اللهم نعمة حسينا أنا عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك اللهم يا حي يا قيوم اللهم يا حي يا قيوم يا أحد صمد الذي لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد يا حنان يا منان يا بديع السماوات والأرض يا الجلال والإكرام من التي لا ترام يا حي يا قيوم يا حي يا قيوم برحمتك نستغيث أصلح لنا شأننا كله ولا تكلنا إلى أنفسنا طرف عين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد صلاة تنجينا بها من جميع الأحوال والأفقات وتقديرنا بها جميع الحاجات وتضحيرون بها من جميع السيئات وارتفاع فعونا بها عندك على الدرجات وتبلهونا بأقصى الغايات من جميع الخيرات في الحياة وبعد الموت إنك على كل شيء غدير اللهم أرنا الحق حقا وارزقنا تبعه وأنين الباطل باطلا وارزقنا اجتنابه اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما وعمالا اللهم نور قلوبنا بعلمك واستعمل أبدانا لطاعتك ووفقنا لما تحب وترضى من قولي والعمل والفعل والنية والهداة إنك على كل شيء اللهم إنا نسألك الجنة وما قرب إليهم القول أو عمل ونعود بكم نسخطك والنار وما قرب إليهم القول أو عمل اللهم جنبنا الفواحش ما ظهر منها وما بطن اللهم ألهمنا مرشدا مورنا وعافنا من شرور أنفسنا اللهم يا حي يا قيوم اقفل لحينا وميتنا وشاهدنا وغابنا وصغيرنا وكبيرنا وذكرنا وأنثنا اللهم من أحييت منا فأحيي على الإسلام ومن توفيت منا فتوفى على الإيمان اللهم اقفل لهم وارحمهم وعفوا عنهم وأدخلهم الجنة ونقهم من الذنوب كما ينق الثوب الأبيض من الدنس وجعل روضه من ولا من حفر ولا من من رب والحمد رب الله we've sat after salat fajr in the of dhikr right here so alhamdulillah it's a huge blessing let us complete this blessing with uh, our ishraq salah two and any surah can be recited um, and uh, you can inshallah make that through the barakah of two Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will uh, fulfill the needs of the day and another two Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give us a reward of an accepted hajj and umrah mean assalamu alaikum wa, rahmatullahi wa